I call your attention to the words of our text. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. There are different traditions in the church regarding St. Luke. One tradition says that St. Luke is thought to have been one of the 72 disciples that our Lord sent out. Hence this reading about the sending of the 72 disciples. Another tradition is that he joined St. Paul on the second missionary journey, being a Gentile. St. Paul calls him the beloved physician in his letter to the Colossians. And his gospel does give a little more attention to healing than the other gospels. And some have said that Luke portrays our Lord as the divine physician. Bearing this in mind, let's meditate on this central idea. That sin's cure includes being saved from damnation, from disease of the soul, and damage to others. In the first place, like any disease, sin manifests in different ways. People are talking a lot about H1N1. And you've read the symptoms. High fever, muscle aches, sinus problems or problems breathing. These are symptoms. And the disease may manifest in one with the high fever and in another with the muscle aches. The symptoms aren't identical for everyone. In the same way, disease, sin manifests in different ways in each of us. We all suffer from this disease, but its manifestations are these. The wrath of God, which is damnation. And then there's the impairment or disease of the self. We can no longer do or perceive the things that we know we're supposed to do because sin damages the sinner. And then there's the damage that sin does to others. God be praised, there is one physician to help who has medicine to administer now, there are all kinds of quacks out there, all kinds of false physicians. Some will tell you, sin is all in your head. Think about something else and it'll go away. Others will tell you, you've got to get a hold of a crystal so that more energy can get to you from that crystal. And that will help the sin go away. These are quacks. There is one physician, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the divine physician. Clearly, that's what's emphasized in his healing miracles, which are such a large part of the four Gospels. And we note in our text that when he sends out the 72 to prepare his way, he commissions them to heal and to proclaim the kingdom, the reign and rule of God. And he gave his messengers medicine to administer. 
the Word, and the sacraments. Now, we don't just cast this medicine, we don't just give it out to anyone. Medicine has to be administered intelligently. That's why St. Peter writes, don't cast your pearls before swine. There are times when it's not right to speak the gospel. One of our former presidents, a sincere Christian named Jimmy Carter, once gave an interview to Playboy magazine. He tried to testify to his Christian faith. But of course, that's not what the editors included. So you just don't talk to some people and there are some contexts where you don't give out the word of God except a word of judgment. But to sinners who know their sickness, we are to administer the word of God. The word does what it says. Son, be of good cheer, our Lord said to the paralytic. Your sins are forgiven. And this word of Christ is passed on by his messengers to believers. To the penitent sinner, the word does what it says in forgiving sin and assuring the sinner that the damnation of God, the wrath of God for our sin is indeed taken away by our Lord Jesus Christ and his cross. In addition to the word and deriving the same power as the word is the sacraments which join us to Christ. When we receive the Holy Supper of the Lord, we're receiving a blood infusion of the divine. When we are joined to Christ in holy baptism, His organs do for us what our dead and weakened organs cannot. And His ministers are to administer the medicine. The church is therefore a hospital where sinners come for healing. It's not a gym where athletes work out. And the healers in this hospital have themselves to be treated. You've heard the news that the H1N1 virus is available and who are the first people to get it but the healthcare workers. So those who work with God's people, those who work as God's people in ministry, themselves need the medicine as much as anyone else. And it's sobering to realize that God's workers in his church, like other sinners, can get sick, can relapse, may need the help and healing from the divine word and sacraments. So receive the healing that Christ intends. There is first of all forgiveness through the cross of Christ, what we often call justification. God's wrath is removed, damnation is canceled. And it assures us of God's help for the rest of our healing. This comes in a moment. As the hymn says, the hour I first believed. It has been done and completed by Christ on the cross. We no longer have to worry about appeasing the wrath of God. 
Secondly, there is healing, strengthening of your impairments, what we call Christian growth. You see, our minds, our bodies have been damaged by our sin. And we embark upon a lifetime of Christian growth, of healing. And this may be incomplete in our lifetimes. Nevertheless, in some cases, there is remarkable, eminent progress. Individuals like St. Paul, who was transformed from a persecutor to a missionary, one who wanted to wipe out the Christians to one who wanted to extend the kingdom and was willing to suffer incredibly to do it. And what we may judge to be progress may not be so in God's eyes. For as St. Paul himself says, God's strength is made perfect in our human weakness. In the healing phase, we work in therapy and may or may not see results. It's important to recognize that just as in the medical world, people work in therapy, some make more progress than others, and it's not necessarily the same extent as the work that the patients put in. So we in our Christian growth may experience a season of rapid healing and a season of dormancy. But that's what the Christian life is like. And insofar as God has healed us, has changed us, has given us a new heart and new desires, we work to repair the damage our sin has done to others. And this we commonly call good works or the fruits of faith. Our new desires lead us to want to make right what we have wronged. And many of us spend our lives attempting to repay, make reparations, or give back to the human agents who have given us so much. And more than this, our new desires, the new heart that God has given us, lead us to serve others for whom Christ has died. So we're not just trying to make up for what we've done, but we are Christ's agents, Christ's ministers for those for whom Christ has died. And therefore we support people in their needs wherever we see the opportunity recognizing their greatest need, which is to know the Lord, divine physician, and receive his healing. And therefore, while works of mercy have always been part of the Christian community life, the work of missions, of bringing the gospel to others, has been foremost. For we are a community of the divine physician. Let us encourage one another and rejoice that Christ is the cure for the wrath of God, which is damnation. 
He is the source of healing of the impairments of our souls caused by sin. And He enables us to work to repair the damage done by sin in the world. May you be constantly with the great physician, the divine physician, our Lord Jesus Christ, making use of the medicine, the word and sacraments. Amen. And the peace of God that passes our understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
Lord, have mercy. What a valuable and precious gift of faith in Christ that the promises of God in Christ Jesus would sustain us in times of abundance as well as in times of need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a strength and faith needed to follow Jesus Christ, heeding his direction in how we use our wealth, our talents, and our time for the building up of his kingdom on earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the weak and the ill, for all undergoing medical treatments, and for those in various states of recovery, that their prayers may not go unheeded, but that they may be delivered from hurt, pain, and need, according to our Father's good and gracious will, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For physicians, nurses, specialists, medical technicians, and all caregivers, that they may use the good gift of medicine to reduce human suffering, and that they may receive strength and endurance to serve in their useful callings. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our government leaders, our president, our national congress, our governor and state legislature, our county and municipal servants, that wisdom and discernment be granted them to establish laws that sustain the health and well-being of citizens of our republic. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who defend this republic, especially in military service overseas. Lord, have mercy. For those who approach this altar at Jesus' gracious invitation, that they may find favor in his eyes, approach his table in true faith, and receive the supper of his body and blood for the salvation of their souls. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For these and all other requests, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we present them to you, trusting in your mercy and love, to hear and to answer. Amen. The Lord be with you.
nourished us through this healing gift of grace. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in sincere love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Let us bless the Lord. upon you and give you 